Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Tika Taylor. Today, we're going to be talking about trauma. Yes, I said it. We're going to be discussing trauma. We are surrounded by trauma every day. Trauma is everywhere. We live in a very traumatic world. We're going to be discussing what is trauma, how to deal with trauma, how to identify traumatic events, and how to overcome it. Let's start off with a definition. According to psychologists, trauma is defined as an event that is life-threatening or that severely compromises the physical or emotional well-being of an individual or causes intense fear. It is also stated that emotional and psychological trauma is a result of extraordinary stressful events that shatter your sense of security, making you feel helpless and vulnerable in a dangerous world. Anyone can experience trauma. If you have been exposed to the following stressful events, you may have been traumatized. Yes, you may have been traumatized. When you are exposed to trauma, you may be traumatized. Now let's discuss some of the stressful events that we can encounter during our daily lives. All right, let's start off with perceived or actual threat of death. If you're living in an environment, okay, and you're constantly placed in situations or circumstances, okay, that creates a threat to your very existence, okay? You feel that every day you wake up, getting out of your house, there's a possibility that you may die. Someone may kill you. Someone may try to rob you. Someone may try to rape you. Someone may try to violate you. Living under those conditions, that is very, very stressful, Okay, it's unimaginable to people who don't live in those environment. All right, and people perceive people who are constantly exposed to threat as someone who's living in a ghetto environment or someone who's living in a poverty-stricken neighborhood or crime-filled area. But that's not necessarily so. Okay, people can wake up in a home where there are victims of domestic violence. Every day they wake up, they perceive or there is an actual threat of death, all right? So if you wake up and you don't know what's gonna happen to you, if someone's gonna physically attack you, if someone is going to emotionally attack you, someone is gonna place you in harm's way, that is very traumatic. Just waking up every day to that type of environment, to that type of home, to that type of lifestyle, to that type of of, of circumstance, that is extremely traumatic, very traumatic, right? Now, the other stressful event is serious physical injury, all right? Now, you're not perceiving that someone is going to kill you, but if you believe someone or something can place you in a situation where you may physically get harmed, okay, whenever you're physically harmed, there's always a possibility that you may die, that you may be disabled, so you may be disfigured, or that you may have some type of problem physically that may last a long time, or it may be a chronic pain that you experience. So to be in a situation where you perceive that there may be a serious physical injury that you will sustain, 
That is a traumatic experience. Or it could be an actual event. Someone physically, actually physically attack you. Someone places you in physical harm's way. So if you are experiencing that on a daily basis or on a monthly basis, that will definitely be a traumatic experience. It can be. Okay, sexual violence or rape. Again, if you are a victim of domestic violence, you're a victim of incest, you're a victim of um, molestation, you're living in an environment where you are afraid that someone will sexually violate you. Someone will, you know, take something from you sexually. Someone will force you to engage in sexual activity that is against your will. If you're living under those circumstances, you are stressed out. You know, you are being traumatized. So sexual violence and rape is definitely a form of trauma, a severe form of trauma. All right, accidents, car or a plane crash. If you're involved in a car, because usually we don't hear a lot about plane crashes, but usually it's a car accident. So if you were involved in a car accident, you definitely can be traumatized. It's very traumatic. It's very traumatic to be in a car accident. Sometimes it could be a mild accident, or it could be a extremely severe situation where people are killed, or people people are transported to the hospital. People receive severe injuries. So, if you ever been in a car accident, or you perceive that you're going to get in a car accident every time you're driving, you're kind of extra vigilant because you think that you're going to have an accident. That is a very stressful, traumatic situation to be in. So that is definitely an incident where you can be traumatized. A car accident or a plane crash, okay, or any accident with a vehicle. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be a car accident. It could be any type of accident. You can fall. You know, you could be walking and boom, you fall. Or someone can accidentally hit you with something, you know, with a ball or you know, by mistake, something happens to you. It is an accident. That's what accidents are. Things that are unintentionally happening. So if you constantly are prone to accidents, that definitely could be a very stressful, a very, very stressful situation. So accidents, whether they're car accident, plane accidents, or just fall injuries, you know, that definitely can be very traumatic to you. Now, life-threatening medical diagnosis. If you are unhealthy, you have some type of chronic condition or you have a lethal condition, it's life-threatening, that definitely places you under constant stress. Yes, constant stress. Your body is under constant stress from the illness and your mind is under constant stress just from dealing with it, just dealing with the effects of being ill just living in pain, constant chronic pain. So that is a very stressful, stressful situation if someone has been diagnosed with a life-threatening medical condition or they're living with a chronic medical condition. It could be something acute as well. Something just happened to you in a short term, but during that short period of time, you know, you could experience severe trauma from a life-threatening medical diagnosis. Okay, victims of kidnapping or torture. That is an obvious one. You know, if obviously if someone is kidnapped and they're tortured, definitely that is a very stressful situation. But people tend to think of victims of kidnapping or torture, you know, uh, with prisoners of war or some type of war zone, but not necessarily. You have people 
who are kidnapped in their homes in a, in a domestic violence situation or people who are kidnapped by strangers in their own neighborhoods. Okay. And after a while they're released and during that time they are tortured. So if you have a person who's a victim of kidnapping or torturing, that is definitely a traumatic experience. Very traumatic. Okay. They do perceive, uh, you know, or there may be an actual threat of death. So that automatically places them, you know, in a stressful, traumatic situation. And they may, you know, suffer from serious physical injuries. And some of people, some of the people who are kidnapped can experience sexual violence or rape. Okay, so yes, it's very stressful if you are a victim of kidnapping or torture, whether it's domestic violence or it's uh, from someone that you don't know. Some people are victims of human trafficking. You know, they can definitely be victims. They are victims of kidnapping because if you are a victim of human trafficking, um, sometimes people can manipulate and deceive people into going into a situation where they eventually become a victim of uh, human trafficking. And a lot of cases, these people are kidnapped. They're forced. They take them from one place to another, sometimes from different cities, different states, and even different countries where they go and be select. They could be sex slaves or they could be uh, domestication workers or agricultural workers, or they can be doing labor's work. All right. So victim of kidnapping and torture are definitely, you know, traumatized. All right. Obviously the war combats, soldiers, People who are veterans, if they've been in a war environment where they have people shooting at them, people trying to kill them, or they're shooting at other people, or they're killing other people, you know, they're in a situation where they perceive death or they perceive that they're going to have uh, serious injuries. And a lot of times it's not just a perception, it's the reality. Some of them are actually shot at, they get wound, they get hurt physically. So being a war veteran or being a soldier definitely places you at a high level of stress. Okay. People who are in prison. Okay. People who are incarcerated, people who are in prison inmates. Okay. You can imagine the high level of stress of being in prison. You have your rights taken away. Yes, you know, some people could say these people brought that upon themselves, that they are criminals, they violated the law, so therefore they deserve to be punished. Yes, we could understand that, but being incarcerated is very stressful. There's a lot of things that happen to people who are incarcerated, and sometimes they are physically harmed by other inmates or by the guards. Sometimes they are killed and sometimes they are sexually violated. They are rape. Okay. So people who are incarcerated have a high level of stress living in an environment where you constantly have to be on high alert to protect yourself, not knowing if you're going to be killed, not knowing if you're going to be raped, not knowing if your basic necessities are going to be met, not having privacy, being exposed to everything. Definitely people who are prisoners will experience a high level of stress. The same goes for people who are hostage. If people are captured during a war, uh, yes. Okay. Not necessarily have to be a war. A person is is uh, made hostage for, for ransom, for money. There are many places where people are kidnapped and they uh, demand a ransom to let them go. So people who are victims of a hostage situation definitely experience a high level of stress. 
All right, we have displaced refugees. People who are displaced as refugees. People who are forced to leave their homes, their home country, to go into another country because they can no longer stay in their home country because of political reasons, because of war conflicts or a life-threatening situation. These people experience a high level of stress, high level of stress, and they are traumatized. People who are victims of natural disaster, natural disaster, and that can happen to anybody. If you live in the state of Florida, you're subjected to hurricanes. Okay, you live on the coast, the coast, all right? You are subjected to hurricanes. You live in California, you're subjected to earthquakes. We have, um, no, you live in the mid Midwest, you're subjected to tornadoes. And some places are volcanoes. I mean, tsunamis. There's a whole range of different uh, natural disasters that we could be exposed to. And those natural disasters can cause a very stressful, a very stressful situation. Because we could be doing those natural disasters. We can be killed. We could, we could be severely injured. You know, we can sometimes be exposed to accidents, you know, doing the, these, these uh, natural disasters. All right, and uh, so many things happen. We could be displaced. We could become, uh, uh, um, you know, um, refugees. You have to leave your country because of a natural disaster. You have to go to another country, a foreign place where you have no family or friends because you can no longer stay in your home country. So natural disasters, anybody who ever ever experienced a natural disaster, you ever lived through a hurricane, an earthquake, a tsunami, volcano, or a tornado, I mean, it's very traumatic. It's very traumatic. It's very scary. It's very stressful. Now, terrorist attacks, okay, people who are subjected to or who have been exposed to terrorist attack, they are traumatized. A terrorist attack is a very traumatic experience. It really, really shakes you up because, you know, there is a threat or a perceived threat of death. You know, there's a possibility you could be physically injured and, you know, you could be um, held hostage. You could be kidnapped. Anything can happen during a terrorist attack. So that is definitely a very stressful and traumatic experience. All right. Anyone who's ever been a victim of a violent crime. You've ever been mugged, you've ever been robbed, you've ever been assaulted physically. You know, if you are a victim or you have been a victim of violent crime, someone just physically harming you or violating you, stealing and robbing, yes, you can definitely be traumatized. You can experience fear. You know, you can experience trauma if you are a victim of a crime, any crime. You feel violated, you feel unsafe, you feel threatened, you know, maybe your life may be on the line, you perceive death may be coming, you may get physically injured, okay, you could be kidnapped, I mean, anything can happen to you. So if you ever experience being a victim of a violent crime, whether it's domestic violence or whether it's uh, robbery, mugging, assaults, it definitely can traumatize you. Of course, domestic violence, as we've discussed before, you, if you are a victim of domestic violence, you are traumatized. 
Yes, you definitely can be and most likely you are traumatized. If you are living in an environment where you are afraid of your family members, you're afraid of your husband, your wife, you're afraid you know, of your lover, the father of your child, the mother of your child, you're living under stressful conditions, you're walking on eggshells, you know, you have to be hyper vigilant, always watching out, trying to make sure that you're going to be safe, that you're going to be okay. That is extreme trauma every single day. It's like being a prisoner of your own home. It's like you're a, a victim of kidnapping. <laughs> you, you know, it's like a victim of rape. You're, you're, you know, you're a victim of torture. You're a victim. You could be a, considered to be a hostage. All right. So being a victim of domestic violence is very, very traumatic. Okay. Death of a loved one. If you ever experienced death of a loved one, it could be a family member. It could be a spouse. It could be a significant other. It could be anyone in your family Okay, and any death, it doesn't have to necessarily be a family member. It could be a death of your best friend. It could be death of your neighbor. It could be a coworker. That any type of death can be a very traumatic experience. So if anyone ever experienced death of someone they cared about, someone they love, whether it was family or friends or coworkers or neighbors, it can definitely be very traumatic. And some people, even if they don't know the individual personally and they've never had a personal relationship, like the death of a celebrity, the death of an athlete, someone who's famous, you know, the death of a, of a singer or actor, okay? They don't even know the individual and they never even had a personal relationship with them. But the fact that they developed some type of connection with that person and they had an affinity to that person, they liked the person, they liked the work that they were doing, and they enjoy seeing them, you know, whether it be playing sports or in the movies, now that that person is no longer here, you know, they perceive that as a loss. So because of that, they can be also traumatized. They can feel really bad. You know, they can feel stressed out because their favorite celebrity or athlete died. Now, any type of civil conflict, any type of civil conflict will definitely make you experience some type of traumatic experience, all right? Civil conflict could be anything. There's a riot going on. There's a protest going on. You know, there's injustice in the world. You know, there's police brutality. People are being killed for no reason. People are being deprived of human rights. People are being violated. Any type of civil unrest or civil conflict can definitely cause trauma. People can be very afraid. They're insecure. They're uncertain. They feel that they can be physically harmed or their lives could be on the line, especially if they live in the area or they work in the area where we have the civil unrest or the civil conflict. So even for the people who don't live in the area, for the people who don't even know these people, they could be watching the civil unrest on television, or they could be hearing about it or watching it on social media. I mean, that alone, just perceiving it, just watching it can cause people to go into some type of traumatic experience. They can feel traumatized just by watching just by watching. You don't actually have to be there and live in those neighborhoods or be in the area where people are experiencing civil unrest or civil conflict. Just the fact that you hear about it and you're talking about it, sometimes that could be traumatic for some people. Now, devastating life events. Okay, we have unemployment, divorce, separation, anything that causes a loss to you, anything that that you think you perceive that could be a loss to you. 
definitely that incident could be considered traumatic. Any type of devastating life events, any type of negative life experience can be considered to be traumatic. Now, not everyone who is exposed to these tragic events, you know, are automatically traumatized. Everyone, everyone who experiences uh, accidents or um, terrorist attacks or death of a loved one or domestic violence, not everyone will automatically be traumatized. Some people have strong resiliency and can recover quickly from trauma. Okay. Some people, they're very strong. Trauma can be caused by a single life event or it can can be triggered by exposure to a series of ongoing chronic stressful events such as living in poverty, dealing with a long-term sickness or struggle with unsolvable problems or at least what you perceive is unsolvable. An event or experience is more likely to lead to emotional or psychological trauma under the following conditions. So in other words, you know, if you experience some of these, you're more likely to be traumatized when you experience life stressors. Now, if you feel powerless to prevent the situation, that within itself can traumatize you. If you feel that you feel powerless to prevent it, okay, that it's within itself can make you feel very bad and it can really put you in a position where when you experience something, it traumatizes you because you feel powerless to prevent it or to deal with it. You were unprepared for it. All right. If you were unprepared for the stressor, for example, you have an accident that happened or a loved one died or you lost your job, you were totally unprepared. You were caught off guard. So because you weren't prepared to deal with it, it can be a little bit more traumatizing or extremely traumatizing. It happened unexpectedly, okay? Something that just suddenly happened, a a, a crisis, an imminent crisis, something that just happened. And so because it happened unexpectedly, you weren't prepared to deal with it. It happened repeatedly. If something is constantly happening over and over and over again, that will make it more likely that you're going to be psychologically, emotionally traumatized because this is something that's constantly happening. It's as if it's on rewind. You know, you go from one crisis to another crisis to another crisis, and you can't seem to get yourself out of it. So if you're experiencing repeated crisis, that puts you in a more vulnerable situation to be psychologically traumatized. It's someone who who was intentionally cruel to you. If someone was intentionally cruel to you, that can make you a little bit more vulnerable, susceptible to being traumatized. Someone was intentionally cruel. This is not an accident. This wasn't a mistake. This is an intentional act. And knowing that can make you more traumatized. Okay, past traumatization. If you, again, like I just said, if you constantly are exposed to trauma all the time, there's always something going on in your life. Some type of drama, some type of trauma, some type of event that is holding you back, that's really draining your energy. That can definitely increase your chance of being traumatized when you experience another crisis or another challenge or another problem in your life. Now, already under heavy stress load, if you encounter a new stressor and you were already weakened from a previous stressful situation, of course, that makes you more vulnerable to being traumatized because you are already emotionally and mentally and physically weak. You're not able to 
you know, carry a, a new load. I'm sure you all have heard the phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. Yes. When you are already burnt out, stressed out, thin out, you can no longer add another stressor. And if another stressor come at that time, most likely you're going to end up being traumatized because you can't handle it. You're not ready. It's too much. Now, another thing that makes you more vulnerable to being traumatized is if you experience trauma in your childhood. If you experience trauma in your childhood and you didn't learn how to cope with those traumatic, traumatic events, you didn't learn how to address them in a positive, healthy way, you didn't develop coping skills to do that, you will definitely be more vulnerable as an adult to trauma. And you're more likely to be traumatized when you experience something traumatic in your life because you already are traumatized and you were traumatized as a child and you're more susceptible to it. Now, the fear, insecurity, and helplessness experienced during childhood trauma, if unresolved, can set the stage for further trauma during adulthood. I'm repeating the same thing I just said. Childhood trauma can be caused by any disruption in a child's sense of safety and security. So as a child, if you experience any of these things, all right, you experience trauma and you were more, most likely traumatized. And if you were traumatized, you basically are setting yourself up to be more traumatized as an adult. Now, some of these traumatic childhood experiences could be childhood abuse, if you were sexually abused, physically abused, emotionally, mentally abused as a child, you are more likely to be traumatized by life stressors, by life's negative events as an adult. Now, if you were exposed to an unstable or unsafe environment growing up as a child, then you are more likely to be traumatized. If you've had a serious illness, intrusive medical procedure, that is very traumatic for a child. If a child had to have a medical surgery, emergency medical surgery, or they had a chronic medical condition, and because of that, they, you know, they're, they're exposed to long-term stressors, and they could have been traumatized, which set them up for future trauma. Now, if you were separated from parents or you were abandoned from your parents as a child, definitely that increases your chances of being traumatized more in the future. If you're a victim of domestic violence or you were a victim of bullying, whether it wasn't, you weren't bullied by a family member that which would make it domestic violence, but you were bullied in school <clears throat> by your peers. You know, you were bullied by your neighbors. You were bullied, you know, on the, the, the playground playing with other children. So any type of bullying can, can sort of like predispose a child to be traumatized for future events because that bullying causes a lot of psychological and emotional problems, okay? Now, emotional psychological symptoms of trauma, which can typically last from a few days to a month. These signs of trauma gradually phase as the victim process and recover stability, all right? So now we're dealing with the physical, all right, and the emotional psychological symptoms of being traumatized. That's what we're switching over now. We're talking about what happens to you. What are the symptoms of trauma? How do you know that you've been traumatized? So if you have experienced some of these symptoms, you may have been traumatized. It doesn't necessarily mean that 
you have been or you are, but there's a possibility, increased possibility that you were traumatized. Now let's discuss some of these signs of trauma. You're, you're in shock. You're in denial or disbelief. Okay. You're in shock. You're in denial. You're in disbelief. You can't believe that this actually happened. That's a sign of trauma because some people, they cannot accept the fact that something traumatic, something bad, something harmful happened to them. Psychologically, emotionally, they're not ready to deal with that, especially if it's something that just happened, something that happened unexpectedly, suddenly, without warning. It's kind of difficult for the mind to process. So sometimes the mind, the mind will be shocked. And because the mind is shocked, you know, they can be in denial and disbelief. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. So it takes some time for them to process everything in order for them to kind of understand what is happening. The other sign of trauma is confusion. People are just confused. After an accident, they can just be confused. After divorce, after, you know, a loss, after a crime, after domestic violence, I mean, any type of traumatic event, one of the signs that you may be traumatized is that you're confused and you have difficulty concentrating. You can't think straight. Your mind is not right because you're thrown off. Okay. You're thrown completely off. Something unexpected happened and you really don't know how to cope and how to deal with that. All right. So another sign of trauma is anger. You're angry. Okay. It's a natural response to trauma because you know, you're upset. Because you feel, how could this have happened to me? Or why did it happen to me? So anger is definitely one of the signs of trauma. If you felt violated, you felt disrespected, you felt used, you felt abused, you felt hurt, you will definitely react at some point, you know, with anger. You will react with anger. Okay, so anger could be a sign of trauma. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, to being angry because anger makes you aware that, hey, something is wrong. I'm being violated. I'm being hurt. And it's calling you to take action. Okay, so anger within itself is not bad, but unresolved anger is the problem. When you take that anger and you're being self-destructive with it, or you allow the anger to linger where it causes you, you know, to be in a negative state all the time, that is self-destructive. But if you are angry, that is a natural reaction of being hurt, of being violated, or being traumatized. Now is what you're going to do about that anger. What are you going to do to resolve the situation that's causing the anger? Now, another sign of trauma is irritability. People could be very irritable. Okay. Mood swings. All right. They're, they're, they're emotionally unstable because right now you have been traumatized. Something happened to disrupt your life. Something happened to throw you off. So you really don't know what to do. So some people respond and with irritability or mood swings, which is all natural. Sometimes some people respond with guilt. They feel bad. You know, they feel like it's their fault. Like something happened, an accident happened or a divorce happened. Somebody ended up dying or they're a victim of a crime. They feel guilty. They feel somehow they contributed to that victimization. They contributed to that problem. So because of that, they can, because of the trauma, they can feel guilty, ashamed, or they blame themselves. All right. So if you're experiencing guilt after a traumatic experience, it could be a sign that you're traumatized. It doesn't mean that you are, but it can be a sign. If you experience shame or self-blaming, it can be a sign that you are traumatized. Okay. The other sign, feeling sad, 
hopeless, edginess, agitation. All those are emotional reactions or emotional symptoms of being traumatized. Anxiety, fear, withdrawing from others. Okay, if you experience anxiety because you experience a stressor or a life-changing situation, okay, you can definitely be traumatized. If you're experiencing anxiety, high levels of anxiety, fear, withdrawing from others, all those are symptoms of possible traumatization. Feeling disconnected or numb. Okay, sometimes feeling disconnected or numb happens with the denial, with the disbelief, with the shock. Okay, you're just like so shocked. You're taken off guard. It's like, oh my God, you disconnect emotionally. Sometimes even physically, people feel numb. They don't feel their bodies. You know, they have sort of like a out-of-body experience, sort of like a, you know, lightheadedness. Like they're here, but they're not here. So when you get a bad news that somebody died or somebody, somebody got hurt or you lost something that was valuable to you, that can create that feeling of disconnect or numbness because... You know, you, you're not really processing everything. You know, everything is kind of fragmented. So you're kind of confused. So part of the reaction could be, I feel numb, emotionally numb. You don't know what to feel. You don't know how to feel. Okay, now some. let's talk about some of the physical signs of trauma. We just discussed the emotional and psychological symptoms of trauma. So now let's go into the physical symptoms of trauma. Now, insomnia. Insomnia, sometimes physically you cannot sleep. You have nightmares, especially of the traumatic experience. Some people who have accidents or the victim of violent crimes or victim of domestic violence, victim of accidents or natural disasters, sometimes they have nightmares. And those nightmares, you know, prevent them from sleeping or they go to sleep, but they keep waking up in the middle of the night. They can't sleep because of these disturbing nightmares. If something is bothering you in your sleep, that is definitely a telltale sign that you are traumatized to the point where you can't even shut your mind down to go to sleep. Your mind is constantly working. You're constantly thinking about the traumatic event. So definitely that is a big sign of trauma when you can't sleep and you're having repeated nightmares about the incident. Being startled easily. You know, you're on the edge. You know, you're you're hypervigilant. You're always constantly looking out, okay? You can't relax and you can't, you know, feel comfortable. You can't feel safe because of what happened to you. You're constantly on the lookout, okay? Anything that, that reminds you, anything that triggers the trauma, it puts you back into that mental state or that emotional state when you are experiencing the trauma. So that is a sign that you are definitely traumatized. All right, racing heartbeat. If you have heart palpitation after the incident, you know, after you experiencing that stressor, you feel like your heart is racing, heart palpitation. You know, you feel like, oh my God, your heart is going to just, just beat out of your chest. That is definitely a sign that physically you are affected by the trauma. Body aches and pain, okay? You all of a sudden have all type of body aches, okay? Before the traumatic experience or the stressor, you weren't feeling all these physical symptoms. Afterwards, you start feeling all these physical symptoms. Body aches, back aches, shoulder pains, stomach aches, okay? Fatigue, muscle tensions, all those are signs that the body is internalizing. The body is is taking in the stress, all right? That's a telltale sign. 
Very important that you seek help. When you get to the point where you're feeling physically drained and you're tired and you can't focus, all those things where the psychological, emotional symptoms with the physical symptom, that means that you have been traumatized. So it's very important that you get help when you start experiencing all these symptoms of trauma. Okay, now let's talk about help. Okay, help is needed for emotional, psychological trauma if the above symptoms persist for more than one month and the additional following symptoms are present. All right, so all these things that we just discussed, okay, the psychological, the emotional and physical symptoms of trauma, all these things are normal. Okay, if you undergo a stressful event or a traumatic event, you're going to be affected by it. Okay, it's a natural thing. Now, you being affected by it, you're responding in that way physically, emotionally, or uh, psychologically is normal. It's not a problem. But if those symptoms persist, if they continue for one month or more, then you really have to get some help. Now, let's look at the other symptoms that may come after that month. Okay, so to, and those symptoms will definitely let you know that you're dealing with something serious and that you may need to get some help. Now, if you're having trouble functioning at home or work, okay, I mean, these symptoms that we just talked about are so disturbing and they're so intense and they're happening at a more frequent rate, then it, it stops you or prevents you from functioning at home or at work, then it's a severe problem. It's something that you really, really need to get help for. Now, if you're suffering from severe fear, anxiety, or depression, you're unable to form close, satisfying relationships, you're experiencing terrifying, terrifying memories, nightmares, or flashbacks, you're avoiding more and more things that remind you of the trauma, you're emotionally numb and disconnected from others, you're using alcohol or drugs to feel better. If you're experiencing all these things, then you are definitely traumatized and you may be suffering from something that is more severe. And what you may be suffering from is something that we call, not we, but psychologists call, they call it a post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. Now people who suffer from severe trauma, acute stress disorder, for more than a month are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm gonna say it again. People who suffer from severe trauma for more than a month are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. We know this as PTSD, okay? This emotional mental illness was first formally diagnosed in soldiers and war veterans who are exposed to life-threatening frightening and dangerous combative experiences. Prisoners of war, people who are kidnapped or held hostage also experience PTSD. It's only logical to conclude that prisoners of all kinds, to include domestic prisoners, inmates, felons, can also develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because they are also exposed to prolong trauma, perpetuated crisis, dangerous environments, harsh conditions, and devastating life experiences. Now, post-traumatic stress disorder can develop after exposure to any traumatic event or experience that threatens one's safety or security. 
anyone, I repeat, anyone who experiences a catastrophe and those who witness it can develop post-traumatic stress disorder. Some people who work under hazardous conditions, such as emergency workers, disaster relief workers, police officers, soldiers, firefighters, doctors, can also experience PTSD due to exposure to on-the-job on trauma. People who are family members or friends of those who went through an actual trauma can also experience PTSD. Very important. So if you're living with a husband or a wife or a child or a family member or a roommate who has experienced some type of trauma, just the fact that you're exposed to them, you can also experience some of that trauma. So it's indirectly affecting you. Almost everyone can experience symptoms of PTSD following a traumatic experience. This is a normal reaction to an abnormal event or situation. These symptoms can last from a few days to weeks and gradually fade away. If a person has post-traumatic stress disorder, the symptoms don't usually just go away by themselves. They usually just don't go away. Okay, sometimes people who suffer from PTSD experience symptoms that seem to come from nowhere, but these symptoms are usually triggered by something that reminds them of the original traumatic event, such as an image, a noise, a smell, or certain words. Okay, so and sometimes people uh, who experience traumatic events, it seems like their PTSD has faded away and disappeared, but all of a sudden, from nowhere, you know, they smell something. They see something on TV or they see someone who's familiar and that reminds them of the event, okay? Or a certain word, anything can trigger that person who experienced PTSD to go back into that traumatic state. People with PTSD experience symptoms for more than one month and are unable to function as well before the traumatic event happened. Anyone who has experienced a traumatic experience can eventually develop PTSD. But some people are at a higher risk, such as people who have been abused as children or who have repeatedly exposed to who were repeatedly exposed to a series of crisis or trauma. We mentioned that a little earlier. Other factors that put people at a higher risk of suffering from PTSD include minority status, Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Now, so we have other factors that put people at a higher risk of suffering from PTSD. And one of them include the minority status. So if you are part of a minority group, quote, if you have been categorized as a minority. So in other words, if you have been classified as black, you've been classified as Hispanic, you've been classified as someone who's not part of the mainstream society, just the fact that you have that minority status increases your risk of developing PTSD, okay? Just the fact that you have to live with that label saying that you are a minority, that you are not part of the majority, the fact that you may experience discrimination you may experience oppression. You may experience all type of bias and prejudice automatically that places you in the position where your chances of experiencing PTSD increases. If you are a female, if you are a biological born female, 
that increases your chances of developing PTSD. Why is that? Because of the misogyny that is practiced against females in this culture. Okay, because females experience discrimination, bias, or prejudice, okay, that automatically place them in a position to be exposed to more stressors, all right? Now, it's very important that we take that into consideration. So it's not just your minority status that places you there, but it's the things that happen to you because of your minority status, Having an emotional condition prior to the traumatic event sometimes places you at a higher rate of developing PTSD, all right? Now, if you have little social emotional support, that will also increase your chances of developing PTSD because you have no outlet. You have nothing or no one to help you process these emotions or deal with these, you know, uh, stressors. All right. Now, by you going through all these stressors increases the severity of the traumatic experience. All right. Now, if you experience all these stressors, now you increase the probability of the severity of your traumatic experience. It has been reported that about 3.6% of adults in America about 5.2 million people suffer from PTSD during the course of a year. And it is estimated that 7.8 million Americans will experience PTSD at some point in their lives. According to statistics from the Veteran Administration, roughly 30% of Vietnam veterans develop PTSD. 10% of Gulf War Desert Storm veterans, 6 to 11% veterans of Afghanistan war, 12 to 20% of Iraq war veterans. So PTSD is still being being um, experienced by veterans. It's not just uh, veterans who fought during the Vietnam war. It's the current veterans that we have right now in the armed forces. Now people with PTSD can show different types of symptoms, but there are three main symptoms. Three main symptoms. The one, re-experiencing the traumatic event. Reoccurring experiencing of the trauma. For example, troublesome memories. Flashbacks that usually caused by reminders of the traumatic events. Reoccurring nightmares about the trauma and or disassociative reliving of the trauma. In children, this may include repetitive play about the trauma. All right. So one of the signs that you are severely traumatized and you have PTSD is the constant re-experiencing of the trauma. You're constantly reliving this trauma over and over and over on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. You're constantly being triggered and you have reoccurring experience. You're experiencing this trauma in your mind as if it's happening now. Okay, you're experiencing, you're reliving the trauma all over again. If you have that, you are definitely a victim of PTSD. Okay, now avoiding reminders of the trauma, avoids to the point of having a phobia of the place, people in experience that remind the sufferer of the trauma. Sometimes people have it so bad that they cannot go to any place 
where they could be reminded or triggered of this trauma. So people, when they get to that point where they have severe PTSD, they pretty much avoid all places, people, and things that may trigger that experience. So if you're experiencing that, so you definitely know that you have severe PTSD. Now, increase anxiety and emotional arousal. Significant changes in arousal and re reactivity related to the traumatic events, including deep sleep problems, trouble concentrating, irritability, anger, poor concentration, blackouts or difficulty remembering things, reckless or self-destructive behavior, increased tendency and reaction to being startled, and hypervigilance, excessive watchfulness to threats, problems regulating feelings, which can result in suicidal thoughts or passive aggressive behaviors, persistent feelings of helplessness, shame, guilt, or being completely different from others. Feeling the perpetrator of trauma is all powerful and preoccupation with either revenge against or allegiance with the perpetrator. Now, if you're feeling increased anxiety and emotional arousal, that is definitely a sign that you have an extreme form of PTSD. Now, other symptoms that may, ex that, that may be experienced with PTSD are the following. Holding negative beliefs about oneself. That is the, the low self-esteem. You feel bad about yourself because of the trauma. Okay, a tendency to blame oneself for the trauma a persistently negative emotional state, inability to have positive emotions, low interest or participation in significant activities, and feeling a sense of detachment along with feeling as though one is dying, going crazy, or having a heart attack. Some people who have experienced a traumatic event may have panic attacks when they are exposed to a trigger that reminds them of the past trauma. During a panic attack, these symptoms may be experienced to include intense discomfort or fear. Now, if someone is having a panic attack because of the PTSD, these are some of the symptoms. Let's break it down. A person doing a panic attack may be shaking or trembling uncontrollably. They may be sweating. They may feel nauseated, racing or pounding heart, shortness of breath. Dizziness, chest pain, numbness, tingling, hot flashes. Okay, all these symptoms are signs of a panic attack. And some people actually have to go to the emergency room because they really do believe that they're dying. They believe that they're having a heart attack or a stroke. So these things are very serious. It's when they get to the emergency room and they are examined by the emergency room physician and physically there's nothing wrong with them. So now, you know, they know that, hey, it's not something physically wrong with the body. It's something happening with the mind. Something is happening with the mind. They're re-experiencing that trauma. Something triggered it. And now they're having a physical reaction as well as emotional and mental reaction to the perceived trauma. Okay, now let's discuss possible treatments. There are treatments for people who are suffering from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, it's very important that you get education, okay? You get more education. All I'm doing today is just presenting the concept of trauma and PTSD to you. Now, if you want more information, you can go and research. There are different 
you know programs out there there are different uh, uh, therapy groups there are different uh, support groups there are different things out there that can really help you understand PTSD more so it's very important for you to treat pest PTSD, you have to seek education. You have to seek more information to get an understanding of what's going on with you or someone that you love. Now, one way that you could deal with PTSD is reducing your stress. Reducing your stress. And how do you do that? Okay, you avoid stressors if you can. All right, if you are a, a victim of domestic violence, get out. If you are in a stressful, uh, very very uh, a high rate crime area, get out. If you are in a unhealthy relationship, get out. If you are in a dead end job that's bringing you very, you know, a lot of stress, get out. So reduce your stressor. If you reduce your stress, then you reduce the possibility of you being traumatized and reduce the possibility of you experiencing PTSD. All right. You could attend support groups, individual counseling, Manage symptoms of PTSD, okay? Educate yourself about conflict resolution, okay? You could obtain more conflict resolution skills. So when you do encounter a stressor, you won't be overwhelmed and you have the skills you need to properly handle the situation and resolve your problem. Overall, improve your self-esteem. If you improve your self-esteem, then you reduce the stressors negative impact on you. The higher your self-esteem, the better you can deal with stressors. The more you can manage your stresses. Now develop interpersonal abilities. Very important. As you improve your self-esteem, you do so by developing your interpersonal abilities, such as your social skills. You're improving that. Improve your problem-solving skills and impulse control. Okay. Develop impulse control. So you won't just be doing things or making choices that's going to put you in situations that's going to increase the stressors. Now, secure attachment. All right. It's very important that you secure positive attachments, positive attachments, involve yourself with positive people so you can have positive relationship, positive support system. So you won't be overwhelmed by stressors. Increase your safety. Keep yourself safe. Don't recklessly expose yourself to stressors. Don't put yourself in a situation that you know can cause harm to you physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Improve your environmental stability. Okay? You should frequent places where you know that you are safe. All right? I mean, there's no way to guarantee your safety, but certain environments are more conducive to being safe than others. And you just have to be very discreet where you go and what you do. All right? Sometimes medication, okay, may help you eliminate some of the symptoms. Now, medication is the last thing. If you try everything else and it doesn't work. You try therapy, you try counseling, you try changing the stressors and nothing works. So you may go to a doctor, a psychiatrist, you know, to help you cope, to help you deal with it. And sometimes they may prescribe you some medication that may help. Now, some people don't want to deal with medication. You don't have to, but if you get to the point where nothing else works and you want to get some type of help, The medication can temporarily help you until you're able to build your self-esteem and build your skills and, you know, learn to make better choices. Now, increasing 
positive lifestyle practices. You can practice yoga, meditation, music therapy, exercise, sports, gardening, spend more time in natural environments, you know, get a pet and change your diet. Addressing sleep problems associated with PTSD has been found to help alleviate some symptoms of PTSD in general. Eliminate all self-destructive behaviors. Get rid of the drugs, substance abuse, social isolation, reckless and self-sabotaging practices. It's very important that you minimize your exposure to stressors. And when you are exposed to stressors, you have to make sure that you're able to deal with them in an appropriate, healthy way. So you won't stress yourself more and you won't traumatize yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.